Filthy Henry and the Impossible Victim, Chapter 21. Filthy Henry hung limply from the magical smoke tendrils and strained his brain to come up with a plan. At this stage, trying to separate the plans by some simple alphabetical naming system would have been an insult to people who actually made plans. Those people would have had at least 26 plans to fall back on when the other plans started failing. Everything now rested on Shelley succeeding with her part of the rescue. With any luck, he had bought her enough time at this stage to find Miak and get back to the surface, into the protection of Dagda's realm. If she had somehow failed in this simple task, then they really were going to be in a world of bother, for as long as they were still in the world, of course. Balor had not said a word to the fairy detective for the past ten minutes. Instead, the grotesque god sat on his throne, while some skitters preened the great scabby lid over his gigantic eyeball. It was an unusual form of torture, for sure. Forcing a person to watch hideous spider-like creatures pick the dirt out from folds of ugly skin, but the tendrils had him held firmly in place, and the only other thing to stare at was the hourglass. The hourglass that now made perfect sense in a place that lacked any. An hourglass to count down the time until he tricked your arch-nemesis into killing his oldest friend, so that history could be rewritten in your favour. It was the sort of crazy scheme that a Bond villain would have been perfect for, if you took out the absurdity of it all. Come on, come on, Filthy Henry shouted internally at his mind, to try and spur some sudden inspiration from it. All that came back was the sound of his own voice, as it echoed around a skull empty of ideas. Oh, Balor said, with just a hint of pleasure in his voice. How delightful. The skitters doing the preening all hissed together from the praise. At least that was what Filthy Henry assumed they were hissing about. Right up until he spotted Brez strolling into the throne room, like the cat who got the cream. Behind him came Shelley, held onto by the idiotic Trent. For once you managed to get the job done. Balor said to Brez, as the three of them walked up along the red carpet and stopped in front of the dais. Well, you know me, great one, Brez said, performing a curt bow that dripped with mockery. Always willing to please. Henry! Shelley shouted as she saw him suspended in the air. She struggled against Trent's grip, but the guarder held her tight. All filthy Henry could manage was a shrug. So, he said, I give you one job, and you couldn't even do that. I nearly got to the exit, Shelley said. Silence, maggot, Brez snarled at her. Filthy Henry's face went red as he strained against his bonds trying to get free. Still the tendrils held him fast. Oh, half-breed, Brez said, grinning. You really are such a funny creature. I will miss having such an abomination of magical nature once we right the world. Bring her before me, worm, Balor said, gesturing to Trent. The guard did as instructed, and brought Shelley towards the middle of the carpet so that she stood directly in front of the throne. Each step was met with a shove or kick from her. She struggled in his grip, but he managed to hold on to her. For whatever reason, Trent kept his head down low and stood directly behind Shelley, as if she was a human shield that could be used to fully mask the sight of the monster in front. Baller, let her go, Filthy Henry shouted. 
You win either way, so why harm her? Just let her go. A couple of skitters stopped grooming Balor's eyelid. One climbed up the back of the throne and somehow managed to slither its way down between the golden seat and the grotesque god's back. With a lot of hisses and grunts, Balor slow rose up in his seat and leaned forward, reminding Filthy Henry of a punch puppet. One in serious need of a paint job and a new head. The second skitter had meanwhile picked up the long pole from in front of the dais and was positioning itself to the left of the throne. Oh, but you see, half-breed, Balor said. I do. Even if she's removed from existence, I still want you to know the personal pain of losing her. This is on you. On you and all your meddling. All your acts of insolence. The skitter lowered the pole and slowly inched it towards the split in Balor's giant eyelid. As the round end poked into the bottom of the upper lid, it took hold between two scabs. Carefully, the skitter began to push the eyelid open. From his spot in the air, Filthy Henry could see Shelley look around in panic. She glanced up over her shoulder at him, her eyes wide with fear. Henry? she said in scarcely a whisper. Filthy Henry could not help himself. He winked at her. Shelley had faced danger before, as a direct result of helping the fairy detectives solve a case. This time a year ago, she had lived a happy life painting and talking with her magical cat, content and blissfully ignorant. Leprechauns, fairies and magic, they were all just things of stories. Talking cats? Well, every cat lady eventually started talking to her pet. Now for the second time in her life, she was in danger of getting killed, it seemed, all because of a fairy detective that relied too much on being a cocky know-it-all. Then, to top it all off, when the worst was about to happen, he had the audacity to wink at her. Wink! As if that was going to make being obliterated by a nasty, vengeful god an easier pill to swallow. He wasn't even trying to save her. The fairy detective seemed happy to just allow the smoke tendrils keep him in place. At that moment, there was no struggle, no strained muscles on his neck as he tried to break free. Nothing. Bloody useless. Shelley thought as she turned back to face Balor. The skitter had found proper purchase with its pole now and was opening the giant eye with speed. It would only be a matter of seconds before Balor's dreadful gaze was turned upon her. She remembered reading a story in school, an old Celtic legend that had involved Balor. He had shown up on a battlefield and killed a whole army by simply looking at the assembled warriors. It was safe to assume that like everything in the fairy world, the legend had some basis in fact. Trent tightened his grip on her and nudged her in front of him by about a foot. Out of the corner of her eye, she could see Brez standing beside a pillar, arms crossed with a smile on his face. It really did seem like a no-win scenario. Take me instead, Filthy Henry shouted at Balor. Leave her alone. Come on, you want to mess with the good guys, then kill me. That's your plan? Shelley shouted. To get killed first? You suck! That he does, Balor said as he shifted on his throne. Shelley watched with a mixture of disgust and fear at the giant eyeball as it was unveiled. It appeared to be a normal eye, although larger in size and badly bloodshot. Underneath the eyelid, a massive black pupil darted back and forth, looking at nothing in particular. The iris around the pupil was tinged with a strange yellow colour that seemed to sparkle in the light. 
As more of the eye was revealed, the sparkle grew, intensifying. Oh, how fun, Brez said, followed by a slow mocking hand clap. She tried one more time to break free from Trent's grip and failed miserably. Now you die, Balor said as the last bit of his eye was revealed. The yellow iris intensified in colour and magical energy started to crackle across the surface of Balor's eyeball. Shelley did the only thing she felt she had left to do. She closed her eyes and prayed for a miracle. Time seemed to slow down and Filthy Henry held his breath. He knew this was in no way a useful action, but right then it was all he could do. Holding your breath meant you could live a little longer underwater, true, but it did very little in the face of magical destruction at the hands, or in this case I, of a nutjob god and his army of evil monsters. Rez had fixated on Shelley at this stage, a stupid grin plastered on the dark god's face. Trent had seemingly assumed that Shelley would make an excellent human shield and cowered behind her, which meant that neither they nor Balor were paying the slightest bit of attention to the fairy detective, which allowed Filthy Henry to carefully conjure a fireball. He started to work the spell slowly, forming the flaming sphere in his right hand so that it was hidden behind his body. There was a little-known fact about fireballs that every good, bad or mediocre fantasy story failed to tell people. They were extremely simple to create. Sure, you could have a bolt of lightning in your hand or a swirling ball of dark magic if you wanted to be a show-off, but a fireball was as easy to cast as breathing air. The longer you took to conjure a fireball, the more powerful it was. Generally, the stories always had wizards hurling the things about the place like a football. Such ones while doing damage, cost very little magic. At that moment, Filthy Henry had a little bit of time to play with, while he hoped beyond hope that his insane plan was about to work. Time which he could use to slowly create a more powerful than normal fireball. It seemed that the light around the throne dimmed, even though all the orbs still pulsed brightly. Every little light particle was sucked into the giant eye, as the lid was nearly pushed fully back. With a final shove, the skitter completed the task and exposed Balor's dreadful eye fully. There was a moment where the air hummed with electricity, then a pure beam of magical energy fired out from the giant eyeball and travelled directly towards Shelley. A beam of power that had, in ages past, wiped entire fields clean of warriors without leaving a trace behind. A beam that was about to obliterate the only person that Filthy Henry considered a friend. A friend who had her eyes closed as the magical beam raced towards her and stopped. Some unseen force kept the beam at bay, just in front of Shelley's nose. There the energy seemed to build up, like water in front of a dam, growing in intensity with every second. Around the throne the skitters all started to hiss and wave their arms. Brez stared with an open mouth at the sight of Balor's unstoppable, dreadful gaze being, for want of a better term, stopped. Filthy Henry let out his breath in a long sigh of relief, and couldn't help but smile as he waited for the second part of his plan to kick in. Without any indication or warning, all the magical power in front of Shelley reversed course and headed towards Balor. The entire beam struck him in the giant eyeball and knocked the grotesque god backwards with such force that it toppled his golden throne in the process. The skitters all began to hiss and panic before each one scuttled away from the fallen god, climbing up the walls and into the shadows above. As the last trace of magic found its target, 
The dark, smoky tendrils that had held Filthy Henry in place vanished. He dropped to the ground and landed on the stone floor in a crouch. There was a little metallic clink, as something fell from his pocket and rolled across the floor. Not wasting time to check what it was, Filthy Henry brought up his right hand quickly. The fireball with added kick was released instantly and flew across the throne room to strike a dumbstruck Brez square in the chest. It lifted the dark god off his feet and slammed him into the wall. Filthy Henry was already running across the floor before Brez had hit the ground. He swung wildly with his left hand balled into a fist, clocked Trent a solid one on the jaw, so hard that the guard had dropped like a sack of spuds, and grabbed Shelley. Am I dead? she asked, eyes still closed as he dragged her away. This is no time for existential questions, Filthy Henry said. This is the rescue portion of tonight's entertainment. Come on, that fireball will only have stalled Brez for a couple of seconds at best. You dropped the coin, Shelley said, scooping it up from the floor as they made their escape. With a firm grip on her hand, the fairy detective led Shelley as they ran out of the throne room and down the hallway which led back to the surface. How come I'm not dead? Shelley asked as they ran along. The charm, Filthy Henry said. The one in Drew's store. Reverses the damage of small attacks, or even a big one. Getting killed by a god counts as big, I reckon. What charm? I slipped it into your pocket when Drew wasn't looking. Can we talk about this later? We kind of need to get out of here. Suddenly, Brez appeared in front of them with his arms stretched out, his hand balled into a fist at the end. Filthy Henry, of his own free will, ran into Brez's fist and technically punched himself in the face. With the speed he had been running, it was like slamming into a brick wall. The fairy detective bounced back, stumbled over his own feet and crashed into the ground. Shelley toppled over him. Brez stood over them, a large black circle of singed material on his chest. Did you really think he could win? The dark god said. All you've done is knock Balor out, not killed him. You know it's impossible to simply kill a god. Now I get the pleasure of killing you both, slowly. The last word was hissed, as Brez reached down and took a handful of Shelley's hair. He tugged her up so that she was standing on her tiptoes and grinned at Filthy Henry. Brez had to admit, he enjoyed strangling maggots with his own two hands. Gods generally did everything with magic. It was first nature to them. But killing something alive, that was one of those things that should be enjoyed and savoured up close. Anyone could obliterate a maggot with a teleportation to nowhere. But to get the true satisfaction, as the light of life was extinguished from their eyes, you needed to do it face to face, with your own two hands. Of course, to sweeten the affair, Brez was about to kill the half-breed's female pet in front of him, while the fairy detective lay on the ground, incapable of doing anything to stop it. It was one of those moments you wished you could drag out forever. In theory, you could, with little reanimation of the corpse to really hammer home that she was dead and gone. But that would have gotten in the way of the real victory over the usurper and his ilk later. No. One death for each of them was what they deserved. Anything more was likely to anger Balor. Once again, Rez pulled Shelley up to her feet by her hair and stared down at Filthy Henry. You could have made her death be quick and painless under Balor's dreadful gaze. Instead, you get to watch me crush the air from her lungs. Shelley moved in his grip, 
and pulled out something from her pocket. You wish, she said, and held up Dagda's coin in front of Brez. He involuntarily recoiled at the sight of the coin. It had once again found its way into a realm it had no business being in. Thankfully, Balor was knocked out, or there would have been trouble. Brez snatched the coin out of her hands and flung Shelley to the side like a ragdoll. She struck the stone wall and slid down the floor. This is nothing here, Brez said, holding up the coin. In his left hand, he conjured a strong blue flame and tossed the coin into the air. As it reached the maximum height, Brez fired the flame, melting the coin. The resulting golden glob fell to the ground and splashed over the stones, in a medium-sized puddle beside Filthy Henry. I really don't think that was your best plan ever, Filthy Henry said. It was the best I could come up with, Shelley said as she leaned forward and rubbed the back of her head. I wasn't talking to you, the fairy detective said to Shelley. Silence, Brez roared. I'm going to kill this maggot now. I reckon one punch through the skull should manage it quite nicely. He strode over to Shelley and lifted her up once more, his left hand wrapped around her neck firmly. Bringing back his right hand, Brez clenched it into a fist and swung with all the wrath a god had a right to. Out of nowhere, four chubby fingers wrapped tightly around his fist and held it firmly in place, inches from Shelley's face. Who dares? Brez said, looking over to see who had impeded his entertainment. Daddy's home, Dagda said, then hit Brez an uppercut that lifted the dark god off his feet. It was a rare day that Filthy Henry found himself glad to see Dagda. Rarer still that he felt pity for the clear villain of the tale. Even more so, when he had no idea just how Dagda had managed to materialise in Balor's domain when such a thing was meant to be utterly impossible. But the fairy detective could not suppress his delight at the sight of Brez as the dark god sailed overhead and crashed full force into the ground. My dear girl, Dagda said, offering a hand to Shelley. I can only apologise for not getting here sooner. The chubby god helped Shelley get steady on her feet. He wiggled his fat fingers around her neck and a golden light shimmered on her skin. Shelley stared at Dagda, startled at first but relaxed a moment later. When the light faded away, any bruising that Brez had caused was nowhere to be seen. Even the cut on her lip was gone. Uh, me next, Filthy Henry said. Dagda glared at him. Feel yourself. You should have known better than to bring her into such danger. I thought you'd been reared better than that. Ha! Like you'd know, Filthy Henry said as he stood up and dusted down his clothes. He dabbed out his nose with the hem of his shirt sleeve. The chief of the gods snorted at him, then gestured with his hands and floated an inch above the ground. Filthy Henry noticed that Dagda's feet were on the golden puddle that had once been the magical coin. He watched the god float down towards Brez, the puddle firmly attached to his fat feet, and captured the dark god in a magical net of blue light. Let's just go and see your boss, shall we? Dagda said. Not waiting for an answer, Dagda floated on his golden platform down the corridor and dragged Brez along behind. I thought he couldn't come in here with his powers, Shelley asked. That's how Meek wasn't able to escape. What's going on? The coin, Filthy Henry explained. It allowed us to teleport around the place because it's a small part of Dagda's realm. I guess when Brez melted it into a puddle, 
it was a wide enough part of the domain to allow him to appear with all his powers. That's kind of convenient, isn't it? She said, rubbing her neck. Well, I suppose it is for you. Rez was about to punch your skull in. Come on, I want to see this next bit. He started to go back towards the throne room. Well, can I wait outside? Back with the nice gods? Filthy Henry waved over his shoulder and kept going. Why she would want to miss the beatdown that Balor was about to get was a mystery, but one he would not even bother to solve later. History was about to be made, and luckily for the historians, there was a sarcastic fairy detective on site to witness the whole thing. Dagda had sealed off all but one entrance into the throne room, the one that Filthy Henry came through. Each other archway had a wall of white light in front of it. As one, the skitters had gathered, banging on the wall as they attempted to get in. None of them were on the platform around Balor. The grotesque god had started to recover from being hit by his own dreadful gaze and was seated upright on his throne, albeit with one hand propping up his giant eyeball. He reminded Filthy Henry of a drunk who had just sobered up for the first time in weeks. His giant eyelid was closed once more, but where the scab lids met was red and puffy. Trent was still lying on the floor, unconscious. It was probably a good thing that he had never been deployed out onto the mean streets of Dublin in the end, if one punch could have him out cold for so long. Filthy Henry walked along the wall and leaned against a pillar so that he had a good view of all three deities. If it had not been a wasteful and pointless use of magic, the fairy detective would have conjured up some popcorn. Balor, Dagda said, his voice booming around the throne room. It's been so long since we last spoke. Put on a bit of weight, have you? Very funny, Balor laughed. You're one to talk. Every decade that goes by adds another hundred inches to your waistline, I see. Dagda tilted his head to the side and looked confused. And how exactly can you tell that? You've never seen me with that giant donkey's backside you call an eye. Over by the wall of light, the skitters started thumping harder. Balor said nothing. Now, let's get the obvious out of the way, shall we? Dagda said. You tried to make me wipe my oldest friend out of existence. That isn't going to sit well with me. Not one bit. Not to mention that you were attempting to undo all my hard work at nurturing the people of this land. The maggots, Brez said from his magical net. Nurtured? They don't even believe in you anymore. You're a retired god. A deity in name only. Dagda made a single gesture with his hand. Around Brez, the bands of blue light expanded and cocooned the dark god from head to toe, so that nothing was exposed. No further sound came from him. Just how are you doing that? Balor asked. This is my realm. You should be powerless. Oh, funny thing, that. I only need a little bit of my realm under my feet to have my powers. We're just going to make your punishment so much easier to manage. It was hard to tell, given that his giant eyelid was closed, but Filthy Henry got the impression that Balor was looking around for an escape route. What punishment? You caught me. So what? You're going to exile me further underground? Be realistic. You can't kill me. That's against your precious rules. Besides, you can't kill a god, and you know that. So you'd have to remove me from time and cause your own paradox, one that results in your lot never being called Ireland, meaning I still win. Oh, 
I'm not going to kill you, Balor, Dagda said with a grin. But I do think your domain was too generous after our last pact. So let's fix that, shall we? The chief of the gods raised his hands over his head, spread out his fingers. Around them the throne room started to shake. Slowly Dagda began to close his hands into fists, each tiny movement causing the vibrations to increase. All the skitters had started to hop up and down on the spot behind the wall of light, which vanished. They toppled into the room, landing in a pile of black hairy bodies on the floor. Wait, Balor said, wait! You can't do this! I won't try anything like this again! I swear! From another archway, Filthy Henry spotted some more dark gods. Each one stared at Dagda with shock and fear on their faces. One by one, they entered the throne room, but it seemed that something was pushing them into it, as opposed to them entering by choice. Dagda continued until both hands were closed, then twirled his little golden puddle around in the air. Each of the entrances disappeared and left behind a wall of old stonework instead. Filthy Henry walked towards the fat god and looked around the throne room. What did you just do? he asked Dagda. Balor's entire realm is now just this throne room. Since all of his fellow dark deities are banned from stepping foot above ground, they're confined to here for the rest of eternity. Could you not have just, like, killed him or something? Filthy Henry said. Dagda floated down, until he was at eye level with the fairy detective. Killing isn't always the answer, the chief of the gods said. For example, Stoker could have been shown the error of his ways. Filthy Henry stared Dagda directly in the eyes, considered punching him in the triple chin, but thought better of it. Well, maybe if he killed somebody you give a damn about, you'd think differently. The fat god sighed and placed a chubby hand on Filthy Henry's shoulder. Some day we need to sit down and have a proper talk. Ha! Huh, screw that, Filthy Henry said, shrugging his shoulder so Dagda's hand was knocked off. Now let's get the hell out of here. Grab Trent, will you? Can't just leave him here forever. Dagda clicked his fingers and they teleported away. Filthy Henry, The Impossible Victim is book two of the Filthy Henry series by Derek Power. This completely free audiobook version was narrated by Niall Milton. Other Filthy Henry books are available to buy on Amazon Kindle. <laughs>